This is the Hear Me Out CC podcast, a place to hear stories from the deaf and hard of hearing people and from your host, Ahmed Khalifa. Welcome to episode 14 of the Hear Me Out CC podcast, where I talk to Rob and Adam from Chasing Deer. And they have done an interesting thing with their music where they're incorporating BSL quite heavily into their music and also their live performances. And that way everyone can enjoy it. And that includes the hearing audience as well. So they've shared a really interesting story, why they do it, how they do it. It's a very, very interesting interview. And I'm sure a lot of musicians can also just take some advice from them as well on how they can also make their music and their gigs more deaf accessible as well. So stick around as I talk to Rob and Adam from Chasing Deer. All right, Rob and Adam from Chasing Deer, welcome. Hello, thanks for having us. Thanks for joining in and I believe you are in Italy right now recording some new tracks. But uh, We are, we're over in uh, in the sunshine in in Tuscany um, for two weeks recording some new music. Nice. Okay. Well, I mean, if, since we're going to be talking about the music side first, I would love to know, you know, your background, you know, tell me a story about your band and how we got together and also your influences and what kind of style would you call yourself as well? Yeah, so we're called Chasing Deer. Uh, we're a three-piece band uh, and we've been playing for just over four years. Uh, we do pop rock music um, and anything with a, with a good catchy melody, ideally. Um, so our influences are, are quite varied, um, and they're any anything from the Beatles through Dire Straits, Pink Floyd. Yeah, a bit of everything. Some some new, some modern stuff as well. Anything that kind of catches us out with a with a nice tune and good vocals as well. Sounds good. And I like to do my research, so I'd like to you know try to go through the album what I can and uh, I've been listening to it and it's just because I play the guitar as well and I think it's kind of easy to be into that kind of music as well and uh, literally I've got that song placebo in my head on loop you know just you know don't tell me what I want to hear it's just constantly in my head right now um which is pretty cool but I I'm really curious you know because the reason I contacted you because you do have that link to deafness and BSL and stuff. So before we get, you know, talk about music in detail, what is your link to that topic of deafness in the first place? So my um, my mum uh, was learning sign language when I was growing up. So she went through the, the courses and got her, her different grades. Um, and um, so it was kind of around when I was growing up. She had um, uh, deaf friends that she met through different networking events and uh and it's just something I was always interested in, you know, why, why was she kind of learning this, this new language? Um, uh, and then she went on to work in, in schools, one-on-one with deaf children in, in public schools, kind of helping them through the public school system. So, um, so it was kind of always around when I was growing up. And, uh, and yeah, now we've taken it into, um, into our music. Clearly, um, because the album cover itself, it has the... You know, fingers crossed, which I'm assuming is a symbol of like hope and luck. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it, hope and luck. Yeah, and we, we kind of thought that it was uh, a quite a universal um, sign that that people would understand all over the world, hopefully, uh, whether they were deaf or or not. And um, the the sign language, the BSL we use on on each one of our singles, is all um, very simple 
very basic BSL, which we hope that people could understand um, or, or at least have a guess at, even if they didn't know BSL. I do. I've seen that because I feel like um, when you go on whatever Spotify or whatever it is, and you look at the the cover for each single that you have, and they each have a variety of BSL signs. So it, it, it's quite interesting. I mean, how did you even think about incorporating BSL into your album in the first place? I mean, I understand you grew up with it, what, but what is it that made you think, you know what, what makes sense? Let's connect our music with BSL. How did that happen in the first place? And why did you want to do it as well? We wanted to create some, some beautiful artwork for our, for our singles and for our albums, um, first and foremost. And uh, we, we kind of realized that the, the hands doing different signs was just such a striking image. Um, we've got all different types of hands. We've got young people, we've got old people, we've got diff- different people of different race, with different um, jewellery or tattoos that mean certain things to them. Um, and we just wanted to create some great artwork and, and make people think about what we were doing um, without it necessarily kind of, st- like, without necessarily telling them straight away. Um, and uh, and we thought, what, what a great way to incorporate um, BSL and... Um, kind of spread the word and, and make people more aware of um, people suffering with hearing loss. Through. It's pretty cool because at the time of recording in the UK anyway, it's Deaf Awareness Week. So it's kind of, you know, very kind of appropriate for that to happen. So I am curious, I mean, are you guys, you know, how knowledgeable are you with your BSL anyway in terms of whatever level you want to call it at, what's, what's your current you know, level at in BSL? It's, uh, it's very, very basic. We actually, um, as part of the project, which has been ongoing and improving as we go through, we've been adding extra accessible elements to our live shows and, and everything as we go through. Um, but one of the things that we insist on is having a um, kind of a, a BSL accessible show as part of every tour we do. Um, so we actually have a signer uh, called Sarah Hydes, who's fantastic. Um, and she does, uh, she knows all our music, likes our music as well, which helps. Um, and she, she signs all the um, songs along with us. So having, having an interpreter on stage, um, it really makes a big difference. And she also kind of dances along with the music. So it feels like she's part of the band on stage. Um, but doing that, adding little elements in helps. Um, and what we're also trying to do um, is incorporate a little bit of BSL ourselves as we're performing and singing the songs. Um, the, the song we've started with is Another World um, because we found that fairly simple to do. Um, so we just we sign Another World, Another Place um, and, and kind of do that and tell the audience about it as well and why we're, do, why we're doing it. Uh, hopefully in time we'll be able to say a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool though. I, I mean, I've seen the way the interpreters, especially those who are performing and interpreting on stage it's incredible i mean you know especially those who are very fast at interpreting like rap songs or someone who goes really high speed i i, I can't imagine how they do that it's uh, very highly skilled and it's um in fact when, when we've when we've been on stage for big shows people we've noticed the audience are pretty much watching the interpreter rather than the band <laughs> which is fine because because i'm watching the interpreter too because i forgot my words <laughs> That's pretty cool. So then you've mentioned, you know, you want to make your performance as accessible as possible and deaf friendly as possible. And uh, you've mentioned interpreters, but I hear that there are other ways that you incorporate your music directly to make it more accessible for everyone as well. Can you explain in terms of how your music itself is accessible as well? 
So the, the um, what we do for our live shows, we, we make sure the music is um, bass frequency heavy so people can feel the vibrations in their body and their chest. Uh, and the thing we recently started doing is um, providing balloons to the audience as well so they can feel the vibrations through the balloons, um, which is something that we actually picked up from a radio presenter we were talking to whose mum was um, deaf and she used to communicate solely to her mum through a balloon. Um, and uh, we thought, well, if we can help people feel the music as well, then it's uh, something a little bit extra. That's pretty cool. A balloon. I never really thought about that. And it makes sense having bass because I hear that they are, um, you know, an event called Death Rave. And the Death Rave itself, they just pump up the bass. And if you're standing closer to the speaker, then you can feel it, you can dance to it. So I imagine it's kind of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then... What about the reaction of everyone else? I mean, do, especially, you know, the deaf attendees, how are they reacting to it? What, what are their reaction in terms of seeing the fact that they're interpreted, they're, you know, balloon for everyone else, and they can also dance to the music? You know, you must get some amazing, you know, reaction from them. The, the main thing for us is we want everyone to feel, um, is everyone to feel equal and comfortable. Um, you know, we have a mix of deaf people and, and hearing people, and we, and we want people to just kind of be there and enjoy the show. Um, without any problems, so we always make sure there's um, there's deaf people uh, interpreters dotted around the venue, kind of on the merchandise and on the bar and on the entrance to welcome people in. You know, just as hearing people get, so they can navigate around the venue and, and do anything that anyone else could do. Um, so that's kind of the, the the starting point for us. We want people just to come to a gig um, as anyone else would and, and be able to enjoy the experience. Um, and it's been, we've had an amazing reaction. We've had a number of people bring their, bring their kids to shows and it's kind of the first show that they've been able to go and see, the first time seeing live music. Um, and it's great that we can provide that platform to someone. It's, totally. also, it's also nice for us to uh, have uh, people coming up to us, maybe parents or family or friends and saying, um, do you know what, I've been inspired to learn a little bit of sign language, start a basic of sign language, at least so I can you know, greet people, um, say hi, uh, you know, have a, have a little bit of a chat with, with people. And I think it's, um, I think it's great because it's something that people maybe never, ever thought about before. And, um, to, to educate people on, on the wider world is always, um, a good thing to do. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, you, you wouldn't think that music will inspire people to learn sign language. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> it's the first I've heard anyway, so. There you go. No, it's pretty cool. So then it kind of made me think back of when I was in university, I used to be a steward, one of these big yellow jacket security stewards. And I don't know how, I'm tiny, but, you know, it, it worked. So I used to be a steward in, you know, football stadiums and music concerts. And I remembered being a steward at a venue like Wembley Arena, which is pretty big. It's about, I think it's maybe 10, 15,000 people maybe can attend there. I'm not sure. So it's pretty huge, and I'm sure, like yourself, I have also attended huge venues. Like, for example, I went to see Foo Fighters at Murrayfield in right. Edinburgh, and that's also, I don't know, ten thousand people. So it it made me think about how can they be accessible to deaf people? Do you think it's possible for those big, big venues? Do you think it's possible for them to be? more accessible as well for deaf people. Yeah, totally. Uh, we, we went to um, uh, British Summertime in Hyde Park um, and on the screen, um, 
obviously a, a single interpreter on the stage might be quite hard to see from the back um, but on the on the screen the big screen in the bottom corner I actually had a live interpreter um, going along with the music and which was fantastic and really uh, it's not especially for the artists with lots of money that the big huge artists with the 12 piece bands uh, I don't think I don't think it's a massive problem for them to you know have a few options to make things more accessible it's it's um, quite easy to do these days with technology and uh, it, it should be something that people do anyway really now and I imagine it can be for any music isn't it it doesn't matter what music you're playing yeah I mean we've, we've seen we've seen it for comedy we've seen it for um, big big music events folk events rap etc so uh, we are seeing it more and more um, but it's not necessarily all the concerts you'd expect it to be at so then your message is to get to it get Get to us, yeah. I think some of the some of the bigger shows are kind of catching up, um, like we said, British summertime. But um, we, we want to kind of inspire um, inspire more more local shows to to maybe look into having the option um, and um, and and you know so so deaf people can go and support local music as well as kind of the big names. So then, do you think in terms of the smaller gigs and venues and stuff like that, where maybe their budget it's a little bit tighter. Is it more difficult for them, do you think, than the bigger artists, for example? It is, it is more difficult, but I think it's something that in the long term is is worth doing. Um, it benefits the band to open up our audience to, to more people in any way possible, because then we have more potential people to come and enjoy the music. Um, and it obviously benefits the fans um, who can get out of their house, do something a bit social, have a nice night out, and feel that, you know, anything's possible and they can they can enjoy the night as well and also you mentioned you mentioned budget um if a venue was to to kind of start putting on signers all the time then um i'm sure it very quickly become aware to the deaf community that a small local music venue was was having interpreters at every show and that's going to bring in bring in the revenue to to pay for the signer and then some so i think people just um need to take the initiative and maybe the, the problem is that they're not aware so um that's that's what we're trying to Trying to fix. That's the whole point, isn't it? Raising awareness kind of thing. It's just, yeah, get people to be aware that that does exist. You can have an interpreter also performing music. Yeah, I, I think in the same way that sometimes people say that they want to have a photo shoot or make a music video and it's a little bit out of their budget, um, there's always different um, levels of an interpreter or, or someone who's starting out maybe you could find someone as a student who's doing it for a little bit less money or someone might want to do it just for to add to their cv and um, i'm sure there are options around for for people who really want to get involved on, on both sides or even um pre-recording you know paying someone to pre-record it and then taking a screen review at all of your shows you know there, there are ways around it if you yeah. want to yeah technology it can all itself What's that, though? Or learn it yourself. Or learn it yourself. Oh, God, a challenge. <laughs> a <Yeah>. challenge. Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because, you know, I am hoping um, to get an interpreter who specializes in interpreting performances to discuss from her perspective the benefit and why it's important and how to make it more accessible for deaf people and stuff like that. So what about from an artist, from a musician, from a performer, from their point of view, what do you think makes a good interpreter and how do you think they should be able to connect with essentially your audience in a way? 
I think um, I think someone who really enjoys your music is a massive benefit that we found. Um, it's great having an interpreter anyway, but when they tell you that they they also have the song stuck in their head um, or they love the music, I think they actually enjoy being there then as well, and, and the audience can see that enjoyment on their face. And also, if you work with someone regularly, you can you can build up a you can build up a relationship with them, just as you would with any any band member on stage. Um, so they can start to understand how you perform the music and and the different things you're going to do throughout the show um and then two or three shows that can really become part of part of the band as as we said um we have with sarah um so it's just uh i guess it's the same as anything being friendly being approachable um you know showing interest and and doing your research learning learning the songs and then um, putting in a good show i think uh, i think the style of music depends on the performance of it as well um but I think if they can portray the emotion or the, the energy or the fun of the song, that's always good. Uh, and I think this exactly the same as with singing. If you know the words off by heart, if you have learned them, then um, it means that you can um, it means that you can perform them a lot better. Okay, that makes sense. Um, uh, so what what does it mean then for you guys then in the long term about your music and? you know, BSL and deaf and that topic, you know, what other plans do you have, if any, what other kind of ambitions do you have? Can you share them? I mean, it's kind of curious to know what you've got else planned. Yeah. So um, we're actually, yeah, we're recording new music at the moment. Um, we're going to keep releasing regularly, um, hopefully for, for a long time. Um, and uh, we, we're making sure that on every tour we do, we have a um, specific BSL accessible show. Um, that we're going to be doing um, so we can actually tell you about an exclusive date that we have coming up oh. Oh. so we're working with so far sounds uh, who you may have heard of um, and they specialize all over the world in hundreds of gigs actually every day um, in intimate places um, and uh, so far stands for uh, songs from a room uh, and they they make people um or they allow people to come and see um, a variety of artists it's usually three artists uh, and enjoy them and enjoy them in a, an atmosphere where they can, where people can um, talk to each other and really appreciate the music. Um, so we're actually doing the first so far accessible show um, in the UK. We're doing that in London. Uh, and the date of that is 18th of June. Oh, 18th of June, 2019. So um, we are, um, we have uh, on our social media, we're, we're going to be announcing the show. And it's, a, it's an interesting one where you can't buy tickets directly, but you can enter into a competition that we're going to put out. Um, so we're hoping to circulate that around the deaf community. Um, and it's, uh, it is going to be fully accessible with three separate artists, including ourselves, um, all interpreted as well. Ooh, intriguing, exciting. I'm in Scotland, but even I'm tempted to do that as well. <laughs> Um, you know, you, it's just something that came into my head right now. It's great that, you know, you're making it accessible to everyone, but do you find it a challenge if you want to perform internationally, where obviously it's not going to be BSL anymore? Do you think that's going to be a problem for you? Do you think you're going to have a local, you know, sign language interpreter, or are you currently focused on maybe the British deaf community first before going too far ahead yeah i think i think just as a initial idea that we have we're, we're kind of learning as we go along um, because we're not from the deaf community um in the in the first place so we're kind of learning and meeting new people um, we're actually sign health charity ambas- ambassadors 
um, now, uh, which has been fun to learn from them, and, and we're kind of working with them as well. Um, and we've had some help from the um, the BDA um, in our project just to make sure that everything is is done correctly. Um, but we haven't really um, kind of discussed international shows um, with with what we do with sign language. Um, we'd, we'd have to do a little bit of research into that. Um, but I think, yeah, I think we'll obviously focus on our on our home at the big, at the moment to start with, um, and then and then branch out. Ah, you'd be fine. I'm sure international performance is in the card. If not that problem, I can see it happening. So then, in, in, let's just kind of wrap it up then. What advice do you have for fellow musicians in making sure that their performance is deaf-friendly and accessible? I think probably do, do some research and, um, and open yourselves up to the community because they're, they're a great bunch of people. So make, make your shows accessible however you can um, and get involved. Simple as that, isn't it? That's what I thought. Yeah. Quite easy. So then if we get the, um, we'd love to know where is the best place to connect with you guys online? Anywhere. We've got everything. So you, you can find us on Facebook. Um, you can find us on Instagram at, uh, at Chasing Deer Band. Same on Twitter. Um, same on Twitter as well. Um, and we are, um, we hope to be very approachable. So feel free to send us a message, ask any questions you have. Um, and uh, we also will be putting, as we mentioned, our information about our Sofa Sounds accessible show, which is on June 18th. The 18th. Um, so we will be putting up details um, mainly on our Facebook and Instagram for that one, but just have a look around. Um, and obviously you can also find us on Spotify uh, and YouTube as well, where we, we do weekly diaries of um, the, the background to our music, why we work with BSL um, and, and what we get up to um, around the world. That's great. And I think I should also point out if anyone wants the, the lyrics of the music as well, it's on YouTube in the description as well is where you can read the lyrics. You know, yeah, we've got all the lyrics in the description and we also, um, everything we have is subtitled as well. Yeah. Uh, so just for that little added um, extra if anyone needs it. Awesome. That's great to know. Well, guys, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for talking to us. Well, that's it. Thank you, Chase and Dear, for being on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And make sure you check out their music and also try to attend their gigs as well. Keep an eye on their social media account. And while you're at it, I'd really appreciate it if you can also leave a review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well so you don't miss any future episode as well. In the meantime, I will speak to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Hear Me Out CC podcast, courtesy of hearmeoutcc.com.